Are you recording? I am recording, and I do have something. I do have something for the pre-show. Oh, thing. Oh, I yeah. like this. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. So, I saw in the news. That <laughs> sounds like I'm going to talk about politics, but I'm not. I saw I saw on the news today that there was like a winter storm warning. Uh huh. And you know, I got to be honest, Ethan. I am just so tired okay. of the politically correct police. Okay. Trump is still president for a couple more months. We can still call them Christmas storms. Okay. okay. All right. Welcome to The Crunch, the only podcast that considers buying books at the Catholic bookstore a tithe. It's your boy, Ethan. And I'm Patrick. I did. I used that the other day. I was, I talked to this old man. <laughs> I was shopping for my dad and I was talking to this guy. He's like, we've owned this store for 19 years and this was a hard year for us because of the coronavirus, but we'll make it through. And I was like, all right, uh-huh. fine. I'll buy five books. Okay. You can, you can calm I'll down. I'll put it Jim. in my tithe. Yeah. That's okay. I count me <laughs> giving you half of the Patreon money to your missionary fund as a tithe. <laughs> because that actually is. I'm, I'm the church. You're the church. I don't know what that kept, that means you Yeah, are. but me giving you your half of the Patreon <laughs> money is not a tie. <laughs> it's not a tie. That's just justice. <laughs> it's justice. We should, we should, uh, I think the 10% should be justice and anything on top of that should be the tithe. Is the tithe justice? Well, tithe just means 10%. The, right. tithe, the concept of a tithe comes from the Old Testament. Everybody strap There's in. No... Hold on. Everybody, seatbelts on. <laughs> okay. The notion of a tithe comes from. <laughs> Uh, if if this is real, jo- no jokes aside. Hey, if you're looking for a way to really boost your spending game this winter, yeah. you're trying to really max out that end of year tax credit. Head on over to patreon.com focus, focus.org/missionary/ethan-stevie. We could also Patreon's also good, but I don't think you can write off. Man, they make it really to- hard for you guys to get your web li- like they yeah. make it really hard for you guys to give your link well, out. Because then that's kind of intentional because the whole goal is for you to sit down with people and have face to face meetings if people sign up over the podcast great i'd love it come on in you're you're welcome to join me in my mission but that's not like the main way that you want they want people to get funded so i get it but realistically speaking (laughs) it it is focus.com slash stevie focus.com slash ethan that's that's what we need it would also it's also very difficult when you're meeting with this an old lady and she's like widowed and she has a, a Dell desktop that takes 10 years to load and you're like focus.org and she said dot com you say no dot org no, slash no, and then she does the org. forward slash instead of the backslash it's just like and it's like how did you even get that you have to like shift control alt one two eight <laughs> to get a backslash uh so it's just i can't a, even find a backward the, slash the forward slash is above the return key on the right side of your your keyboard the return key yeah enter some people call it enter okay oh look there it is right there wow. huh. sorry is, i didn't I, learn to code I'm, this is my <laughs> this is a flashback to my first summer of fundraising where you're just like coaching people like everybody gets so dumb on how to use a web browser as soon as you ask them for money they like forget you're just like everybody's so flustered because you're not only you're talking about god you're asking them for money and it's just mm-hmm. like everybody's so uncomfortable and you're like if you could just go to your browser my what your browser? Can I just write you? No, no, no. Like if we do it digitally, it'd be way easier for you. I promise you. Okay. Promise. Where, what do I click on? Like people, it's they start sweating. 
that's, really, that's, for real. That's half the pastoral care in this country is missionaries walking old ladies <laughs> through signing up on digital so portals. No longer is it helping old ladies cross the street. It's no. old ladies crossing the, <laughs> the information superhighway. <laughs> oh, my God. Come on, Ethel. It's not safe. Don't click on that link. <laughs> that's, that's not for you. Oh, so uh, Great. a... I have a new, I, you know how I get like a new passion project and then I just get really into it for a really specific amount of time and then I stop. And you make an ebook about it and then. Then I'm done. Then you're done. My, my new, my new obsession, not obsession, my new like, I don't know if it's a hobby. I'm trying to write opinion pieces. I learned about this thing that I've always known about, but I never really knew about. Newspapers? People will just, newspapers and, 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 and no, and online magazines, they'll just pay you for your opinion if it's good enough. Yeah. I didn't know that. That's the whole... That's a, that's a dream job. Patrick, <laughs> let me tell you that's about... What, it's like a podcast with work. <laughs> let me tell you about the longstanding job called author. <laughs> that's, <laughs> people have been doing this since words... For could, centuries. For, since words were able to be done, people would be would get paid for other people to agree with them. You know? Yeah, I know, I know. I know, but like my, my whole thing for this past like year has been I gotta get a book published. Mm. No, you know? No. That that's that's long We're, game. Books books are old school. Books are for old people. Nobody's okay, you know what I you know what I'm doing? Anymore. You know what I'm doing? I'm I'm writing I'm 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 taking what would have been a tweet, okay? And I'm uh-huh. making that the headline. Right. And then I'm explaining my tweet. In so the instead, com- of, instead of doing a podcast, me. instead of having to have a podcast to defend our incendiary tweets, that's just what the yeah. body of the article is about. Yeah, exactly. Who but made- the one that the one that I got the one that got accepted that's coming mm-hmm. out soon. Uh-huh. It's called "I will never be represented by the president of the United States." That's Whoa. something that I would have tweeted with no context, and people have been like, "What are you talking about?" But then I explained it in the article, and you guys uh, will, uh, you guys have to wait until it's released. You really, you really figured out like. <laughs> print marketing like i'm, I'm really excited <laughs> i know is, it's, it's great let me, let me say this the book is dead right the op-ed book is, is alive dead. The, the if you have books right i'm looking at a couple books right now let's let's name some things about them heavy right boring generally <laughs> right dry D- dangerous okay May, let me tell uh, you this flammable flammable okay grandma See yeah. when you when you get a when you get a, a a paper cut on your finger and your house burns down because of all your books. Look at me! I'm waving at you because my consciousness has been uploaded into the internet where I don't need yeah. books anymore. Bye. People will be See able you to later. look up all the words that I've said, download them onto yeah. an artificial intelligence, and recreate me. Look, look, Mima. I'm fl- just without I'm any flying, of the nuance. I'm flying by you in the tubes of the, the internet su- on the information superhighway, baby. <laughs> the information superhighway. <laughs> Uh, see ya. Good luck with those books. Have fun. But I Where learned. Did, I, which, I figured out that I can. I can write two a week. Like yeah. I, I, if I have a good enough idea, not a good enough idea, like a regular okay idea, I can turn around an eight hundred word mm-hmm. article that's well written. The the thought it's not straying off into different tangents. It's can I ask you well a argued. What? So you always say that you don't have ideas for our podcast, and yet you're cranking out two opinion pieces a week. Hey, what you said? What is you said? What is the deal? that I can't talk about post liberalism anymore? I know. Are you only writing opinion pieces on post liberalism? There's a lot to talk about. <laughs> okay. Okay. There's a lot of liberalism. I don't know if you know this, but we live in a society. Okay. Okay. Uh, and there's a lot of problems let's, with the society. Let's, let's talk about the amount that you pull in. From these opinion uh-huh. pieces versus the amount that you get from Patreon. What do you mean? Where should the bulk of your ideas go? 
because I feel like pieces. I feel like I'm out here grinding, uh-huh. coming up with topics every day because I'm I'm hustling to earn that four million some dollars a month, right? Yeah, I feel like you. You're just uh, the, the money my, we make isn't public, but the, go ahead. The what? Oh no, it's it's public. Everybody knows. No, no, no. no. It, only the number of patrons we have. My, that's, that's really let what me, we care let about. Let me tell you this. My half is four million, and your half is about four million. Okay, like let's <laughs> let everybody needs to know this, right? The reason that I woke up this morning and my back hurts. Oh, I realize I've been carrying you for four years, Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put in, I mean, I'll edit in like absurdly high numbers. Like I'll record myself saying 4,000, you know, $4 million, $4 million. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, uh, like articles like that tend to be paid by the word you get paid per word. So when the podcast starts paying us per word, I'll put all my eggs in this basket. The podcast, the podcast doesn't have money. The podcast can't pay. The us. podcast doesn't have money. The podcast is a Who, poor, what fool, soul. what fool decided to pay per word? You can just, you can just fluff it out. There's no, you don't have to do anything. You well, know? if you fluff it out, then it's bad. But then they're paying you for bad content. If you fluff it out, it's bad, but they won't accept it. Mm, I see. They'll say there's trim the fat out, but you can, you can get away with adding a i mean you can get away with adding a definitely or however but really you know if you if you put too many positives in you sound pretentious like i was sure. reading i was reading I, I was reading a bunch of op-ed opinion pieces to like to kind of get an idea of what my competition uh-huh. and the the ones the ones in the new york times are like obviously very well written the ones on like in like you know first things very well written um what i what i've found out is uh Cities like the size of Pittsburgh, their op-ed section is awful. Yes, all of them are just really bad. That's, <laughs> it that's seems, true. It it's it just seems to be a lot of like a lot of like people who are trying to prove how much they know. And the one that I was reading, he he had he had like uh, f- the words like flagrantly disobeyed in a very uh, uh, recalcitrant manner. Re- yeah, exactly, exactly, <laughs> stuff like that. It's like. That w- that was just half of the sentence. That uh, wasn't even the point. It's not even a real he, word, you know. It's recalcitrant. Like yeah, recalcitrant is a real word, but it's not even like a real thought. Like it's just he's stringing together things that are exactly yeah, exactly. That sound it's, good. It's, it's, I, I can, and then when I when I when I edit when I read through, I I try to read my articles out loud so that I can hear myself, and I'm like, I don't want to say that. That sounds stupid. Mm-hmm. And then I edit it. That's what I do for the podcast too. Is before I record it, I say it out loud. <laughs> before i post it i say it out loud but i don't catch any of it unfortunately this also me me writing two articles so my, my goal for this year which i finished mm-hmm. was essentially reading a book a week right yeah, so like which you a paperback book a week which i crushed um 100 books in the year so like including audiobooks um i'm gonna try and keep that up but i'm not gonna be like i'm not gonna be like you know booking it to get, get uh-huh. um, i think i think a good goal for next year would be to write at least one opinion column a week not publish one every week but write one at least my goal for next year is to read 35 books said it right here right here on the podcast everybody heard it everybody knows it i think if i continue the way way i did the way i did the 100 books i had a i had a a a chart that i filled out Uh that i like kept in my my work folder Uh so i saw it every day Uh. And if I if I if I if I wasn't working, good thing I I didn't make it at my desk because I didn't stay at my desk all year. Right. But uh, I would have like put it up on my wall. Uh, so I recommend that if you want to read thirty five books, like make a, a just a, a chart with thirty five blank slot slots Whoa. and just fill it out. I'll do it. 
You've do convinced it. It's me. Great. Um, yeah, you should, it's a good idea. You should make that into an ebook and then sell it for free. If you sign up for our email list, I'll give you a free printable PDF. <laughs> if, you, if you sign up for our email list, I'll go to the Excel spreadsheet and I'll print out the default spreadsheet that the Excel gives you and I'll mail that to you. <laughs> and I'll mail it to you. <laughs> I'm losing money on the postage. Please. Please. Patrick, please buy my merchandise. Patrick is taking 80% of my net worth from this Patreon account. I need you guys to go in <laughs> and join. And there's go patreon.com slash the crunch. You join. You join at the specific, the, the $10 amount. All that goes to me, right? Everything else goes to Patrick. So join if you join at the $10 account, you can support the, the, the plight of the lowly, as it says in the Psalms. Somebody did liturgy of the hours this morning. Uh, it was me. I actually did do liturgy of the hours this morning, so don't don't hate. <laughs> I love liturgy of the hours. I do too, especially in the morning and evening. I might actually talk about that sext in the in the topic. Maybe we'll see. Ooh, good idea. Yeah. Well, then we definitely don't have the same topic oh, idea. Well, I want you to. Well, we'll say our topic ideas at the same time after the hot take time machine. Sounds great. Welcome to the Hot Take Time Machine. I'm assuming that was a transition. Yeah, 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 yeah. The Hot Take Time Machine is the part of the show where we take a look back at the prime of our social media posting lives. It's where we take a look back at the louds of our social media posting. Isn't prime the name of one of the hours? Yeah, it is. (laughs) Prime. Terse. Sorry, this is a stupid joke. Prime of our social media posting lives. If you have a hot take that's five years or older, uh, send it over to info at thecrunchcast.com. Ethan. Do you have a hot take for us? I do. I just have to pull it up because I minimized all of my tabs so that the only thing I could see on my screen was you. That's okay. I'm going to I'm going to do some business real quick. So uh, for those of you who are on the Facebook group, uh, facebook.com slash groups slash the Crunchcast, I posted in there about the 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 new advertising thing. We're oh, doing. Yeah. I also got a couple of texts this past week. So uh, our, our podcast hosting platform, which is so great. Shout out Red Circle. We love Red Circle. They're doing essentially what youtube does which is you get to watch the videos for free but they have uh, automatically generated ads so if you live in canada you got like a canada ad or something someone got a canada ad uh, for a canadian grocery store um so the uh the advertising is a way for us to make a little money off of our podcast so thank you guys for being understanding the the problem is mid-roll ads exist and we don't know where in our podcast to put the mid-roll ads we might put it like before hot take time machine or before dr ethan's dating corner uh but they are randomly generated they are randomly placed in the episodes where we didn't hand put them Mm. and i told them i'm like i'm not going back in our 200 episode catalog and (laughs) placing mid-roll ads so uh hopefully we're just going to either get rid of mid-roll ads altogether and only have ads at the beginning or the end so yeah, uh, if you if you don't if you don't mind the ads, we really appreciate you listening to them. Yeah, I honestly would rather have just at the beginning and the end, you know. Yeah, me too. Because then it's like it's unobtrusive for the actual content. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you, if, and people, that's, if we that's do why an ad, money for mid-roll ads. If we do an ad in the middle, I want it to be our ad. You know. Yeah. Not, yeah. Not some guy. Not some guy. Some Canadian gross. I mean, we love all our sponsors. We love all. I our am sponsors. a corporate shill. I I'm being I I'm I I'm for sale. Let me just say that. <laughs> it, people say don't sell. I'm sell. I am a sellout. Mm-hmm. That that's everybody I, thinks. I'll everybody thinks that when they get to our position, they would not accept any money. Let me tell you what. You will do it. 
<laughs> you have, that's you, why I write blogs for Catholic to. Match. Okay. Right. Okay. Um, we're gonna, I'm just kidding. I love Catholic Match. Can I do my hot take? Yeah. All right, cool. This one comes at you from me. Uh, Ethan C.V. Apropostle, December 24th, 2015. It's Christmas Eve for those of you. Yeah. Wait, hold on. That was the wrong tweet. No. Sorry. December 23rd, 2015. <laughs> this is day before Christmas Eve. It says in all caps, <clears throat> Star Wars was so good. <laughs> no. What Star Wars was that? That was the seventh one. I'm pretty sure. Are you saying Star Wars was so good until the seventh one? No, I, I was agree. saying oh. I was saying that I enjoyed Star Wars seven, and this this take aged like a like a cheap wine. <laughs> Not at all. Not at all. Uh, do you still like the new Star Wars movies? I can't say that I've watched them a lot. Like I've probably seen Star Wars: The Force Awakens twice. I've probably yeah. seen The Last Jedi twice, and I saw Rise of Skywalker once. So it's <laughs> the like Force Awakens. <laughs> <laughs> how come they didn't put the kraken in star wars explain that to me (laughs) the leviathan okay Um, so yeah i was i i was star wars star wars family growing up you know and not that this is catching foxes but like the 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 prequels were good and they they built a lot of my childhood you know the games and all the things that you played because of the prequels but then the the sequels came out, and I think I was just at the wrong age, you know. Yeah. Uh, overall, I could take him or leave him, but that was I thought everybody needed to know that, and thirteen people liked that tweet. Thir- thirteen people appreciated the fact that I said in all caps, "Star Wars was so good," which I'm sure was kind of a prevailing sentiment on Twitter at the time, and I wasn't really contributing any sort of meaningful. Yeah. Like everybody was kind of raving about Star Wars when it came out again. Yeah, everyone was super excited about. Star Wars, the first one when it came out, the the first, not the first one, like the first of the new ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, although the it's the Star the Disney Star Wars seems to have redeemed itself with the Mandalorian. You think so? It's see at least in at least in public opinion. Mm-hmm. Watching the Mandalorian, Phoebe and I are watching it. I like it. It does do that thing that most adventure based movies do, where or TV shows do, where they um they spend way too much time on side quests <laughs> mm. you know yeah. avatar the last airbender did this it's like we're going to fight the fire lord but first oh no this town is haunted by a ghost and this town has an evil mayor and this town we gotta help all these people guys and it's like just get to the um get to the uh, the fire lord so what, <laughs> just go what, go get that guy <laughs> so what you would like is a movie and not a television show Yep. Uh huh. <laughs> well, then they did that. Then they did that, and, and it, it was sucked. It was awful. I think it's it, uh, procedural. Procedural TV shows do this too, like cop shows. It's just here's the crime of the week, and then in the last ten minutes, one of the two of the characters kiss, and then you're like, whoa! Uh, you know, you're like, oh my gosh, you're moving the plot forward. And, and then the next week, the two characters kiss again, but the janitor sees them. And then Uh-oh. the next week, the janitor mentions it offhandedly to the boss, but the boss already knew because he mm-hmm. was actually the guy that they was that was being kissed and so it's a feedback loop and the janitor's <laughs> the only person that's left out of it wow or they or they do End of or they do that like they set up for the season the season finale every other episode uh-huh. so like there's this there's the big crime guy like yeah. the really big crime that uh-huh. happened and he leaves a note and, on the doorstep that says see yeah. you see you at the end of the season <laughs> and it's like that all all of that could have been its own episode. Uh-huh. 
Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I wish the TV existed more for the people. But yeah, but that's okay. Like the crunch. The crunch. Whoa. Hey. The crunch exists for the people. Speaking of existing for the people, do you got a hot take? I do. So uh, I texted you about this earlier. Unfortunately, folks, uh, everything I posted in the the first semester of college through uh, so the, unfortunately last <laughs> through last week has been gold. Uh, so unfortunately, all of my hot takes are going to get infinitely funnier from now on. Oh dear. So yeah. I, partially it's because i started following ethan on twitter hey so what so my 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 hot take from i'll, I'll do my december 2015 i also have a january 2016 one all right, all right, I'm ready. but my december 2015 one the funniest joke in the world is when someone leaves the house to go somewhere and then comes back because they forgot something and you say that was fast it's the thing is uh they left and then it only took or it's as if the it's as if they left to Wait, what did I say? Patrick. Oh, as if the thing they left to do only took a few moments and they're returning for real. It's the funniest joke ever. That, that I can, I was obviously very yeah, upset. Yeah, you about sound that. like you were somebody was ups, you were upset because you left and then you forgot something and then somebody said that was fast to you. you December said, 2015, it was it was definitely like my little brother or something mm-hmm, cuz I was home for mm-hmm. Christmas. Not even a <laughs> joke. And this this hot take comes from January 2016 which is coming up on five years ago. Oh, yeah. But uh, I, I need to talk to you about this because I need to know what you think. Okay. Um, when is this country going to start focusing on the real issues? Mm. Like why Silent Night rhymes in English even though it was written in German? Oh. <laughs> why does it do that? <laughs> because nothing in German rhymes. <laughs> that's the, that's what you have to know. Like how do you rhyme anything in that language? I'm German for everybody who's uh, listening, so you can't get mad. You can't get mad. Yeah, uh, I looked it up just now. I looked up the Silent Night thing. Yeah. I didn't know this. The words in English are not a translation of the German. No, it's just the tune, right? I mean, Silent Night, Holy Night, that's that's there. Silent Nacht, Holy Nacht. Yeah. All is calm. All is bright, mm. okay, um, which actually doesn't make sense because it's nighttime. But the star, and, the star, the star, Patrick. Okay. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. From the east. So the first, the first, uh, the first verse of Silent Night literally translated: "Sleep in heavenly peace." That's there too. Okay. But it's Silent Night, Holy Night. All is sleeping, alone watches. Only the close, most holy couple, blessed boy in curly hair blessed boy in curly hair that's me silent night holy sleep in heavenly peace silent night holy night shepherds just informed by the angels <laughs> hallelujah it rings out far and wide christ savior is here silent night holy night son of god oh how laughs love out of your divine mouth for now the hour of salvation strikes for us Somebody, somebody just informed the shepherds that salvation is striking. This is <laughs> for us. For us, the hour is striking. Oh fact. boy! So that's cool. I didn't know that Jesus had curly hair. Uh, in Germany, he does. Yeah, in Germany, he does yeah. yeah. Blessed boy. All right, great, great, great time, great time. I'm uh, trying to be a blessed boy. So, could you do a bit, you revive a little dead segment? We would do a crunch on that jingle. Oh gosh! Didn't didn't Regan give us a? He, he did, but this is funny to um, make you do it again. <laughs> I'm bringing crunching back. Yeah, yeah. 
Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. I need to talk about this for a second. Can we, can we, we, no one recognizes that the guy saying yeah in sexy back sounds like someone called their dad and he was in the group. <laughs> I'm bringing sexy back. Yeah. yeah. Somebody call. <laughs> Nick, is that you? What dad? Did you want me? No. Oh, I thought I heard somebody call. I'm bringing sexy back. Yeah. It's so, it just sounds, listen to it. It sounds like dad. Anyway. That is really funny. (laughs) Oh boy. It's even funnier if you imagine like it's his son that's singing the song. (laughs) Yeah. I'm bringing sexy back. Yeah. Yep. Are you? Are you now? All right. All right. Uh, All right, we got, hold on. We get, well, my gosh, we're running late. We got to head out to Chili's. Let me grab my new balances. Let's rock and roll. You really are. You, you're working on that. I'm trying, I'm trying, let's, I'm trying to let's get Let's rock and roll. Let's rock and roll. That's a dad thing. That's yeah. the daddest thing. <laughs> tell me what your idea was for it was for a topic, and I'll tell you what my idea was for a topic. Well, someone someone sent in a question. Oh. They they were going to a financial planner. Okay. And that wasn't me. And uh, cause I, I, that was one of my obsessions that I stopped. For for now, it'll it'll pop up again, and then we'll talk about it on the podcast, and people send me emails. Anyway, she she was talking about how the guy was like, "Yeah, build your credit," and she was like, "I know that I don't want to do that, and I know that you don't want me to do that, so I want you to tell me smart things so I can go argue with him." And mm. I was like, "Okay, cool." And so I was like, "Okay, well, uh, there, the question is, are credit cards good?" Objection one: uh, It builds your credit. Objection two. Said Contra, credit cards are not good. I reply, uh, there are two ways that we can know that credit cards are bad. There's an economic <laughs> uh-huh. problem and a moral problem. Mm-hmm. And so I, I I gave her this whole rundown. And I was thinking maybe we could revisit credit cards and talk about how consumer debt is bad in a, in a special way. Debt in general sucks, but consumer debt is worse than getting debt from like student loans or from a small business loan. Okay, everybody, write write down your thoughts, write down your ideas. If you want a Patrick's topic, uh, send in send in to crunchcast.com. <laughs> this is real time. This is real time. And here comes my topic. <clears throat> I was reading the Michael O'Brien biography, and it talks in it about how he shot a bear. Yeah, let's go with your topic. <laughs> That sounds awesome. It's, I like the Revenant. I liked it. <laughs> My son, um, the, Leonardo DiCaprio. We can talk about we can talk about credit cards. I actually think there will be a nice little dovetail. Believe it or not, like you you might not expect it, but I think we'll get there. Um, so because I had some thoughts on my drive home about uh, about mm-hmm. money. Anyway, hey. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Crunch. Sorry to interrupt what I'm sure is a stimulating intellectual conversation, but I wanted to pause the episode real quick to let you hear from some of our sponsors. We will be back right after this. So I, I got the Michael O'Brien biography by Clemens Cav- Cavallari. Clemens Cavallin. C-A-V-A-L-L-I-N. On the Edge of Infinity, a biography of Michael O'Brien. Um... As is crunch tradition, I'm only about halfway finished with it, and so. But I'm going to talk about it. Baby. But I'm going to talk about it as if I know everything about it. But there, there are a couple of things that really struck me from this book. 
um, and just reading about how Michael O'Brien lived his life. Obviously, Michael O'Brien being the author of Father Elijah, Voyage to Alpha Centauri, Island of the World, uh, everybody's favorite Catholic novelist, Peter Kreef's favorite Catholic novelist. Yeah. Uh, everybody loves him. So we've talked about all that on the podcast before. Um, but he, his, the way that he lived was kind of rhyming with a lot of the things that we've talked about on the show recently. It's like crazy how many times he moves because he his childhood he was raised in way like the arctic basically he was raised in like a a, in a a native village um Hmm. like there were no there were no white people in the town except for his family um and then he moved to ottawa right big city in canada and then he moved back out to the to the north right and then he moved back Mm -hmm. to the city and he moved back so this is kind of his whole life is like getting a getting a taste of the beauty and the silence and the slow pace of nature and like feeling this call to be uh, to be an artist, to create beauty and then necessarily moving into the city to sell his art. Right. And to be at the center of the art culture and to be able to go to exhibitions and galleries and talk to churches and all these things, like people that can afford to buy his art and then yeah. not being able to afford to live there or needing to move or not having enough space for his family and then moving back out again. Um, it's just, it, it and I'm sure the story goes on and there's some kind of logical conclusion, but he's still alive. So he's not dead. So who knows what happens at the end? And obviously he, he shot a bear, which is why I was just like taken with this man. But the way that he lived his life, I want to talk about his, his dedication to God, his dedication to beauty and his dedication to his family and what that could mean for us. And dedication to hunting that one bear. His dedication to hunting that one bear. Well, it wasn't like hunting the bear. The bear was trying to get into the, to the hens, trying to get Mm. at the hens and he knew that the bear was trying to get at the hands, and so he had the rifle ready and just wham, got him, right? Shot him four times right in the freaking kisser, um, which is great. <laughs> Shot him four times in the lips. <laughs> in the lips. Bear. And it's funny because his and brother— And the bear was like, what the heck, man? His brother happened to be visiting. His brother came in from the city to, like, check out his place or whatever. He shoots yeah. the bear. They go up and, like, poke it with the gun because they're afraid that it's still alive because a bear can survive. You know, we all saw the Revenant. Oh, yeah. And then his, we all saw the Revenant, yeah. Right, and then Michael O'Brien's brother— grabs his ankle and goes and he like jumps you know 10 feet in the air (laughs) he thought the bear was still alive it was pretty funny (laughs) um so he was trying to decide so he went through a religious conversion he was in the occult for a while which is crazy i didn't know that like he went to seances and had ouija boards and all kinds of things had a very intense spiritual conversion which explains a lot of his writings and he's had a Mm -hmm. lot of he's had interactions with angels and like weird things where like he was going to cross over a bridge that was made out of, or not a bridge, but like a river that was iced over. And these like three very handsome young men pulled up in a car and said, get into the car. We'll, we'll take you to the bridge. He said, okay, got into the bridge. We're talking, they were all very nice, very good, good hearted, kind hearted people. They drop him off at the bridge and they say, goodbye, Michael. And he had like never told them his name, you know? And it just like, yeah, crazy things like that happen to him all the time, which is. What were the angels driving? <laughs> what car was it? A big, beautiful. Was it a Toyota 4Runner? Buick Enclave. Um, That's what it was. <laughs> it was a papal enclave. Anyway. It, oh, pretty good. Hey. When he was had his conversion, he was trying to decide between marriage and celibate life. He goes on this four-day retreat, and he's with a spiritual director, all these things. He's praying about, like, all the reasons not to get married, all the reasons to get married, like that's day one and day two. Day three is comparing the two and day four is receiving the confirmations from God. So it's kind of an Ignatian based retreat. Um, and he prays and he, he decides like, yeah, there's there's plenty of reasons why I should marry my this woman that ends up being his wife. He gets back the next day. So like it's a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. 
on Monday, he comes into the place where they both worked, the weather station that they worked at, um, and just proposes on the spot, right? Like he wow. doesn't, he isn't going by a ring, you know, he doesn't like inform everybody and have everybody come into town and like have a big party. He just like, he hears fly to Hawaii and fly to Hawaii and do a hula. Um, and he hears the, the call of God and he just follows it all the time. And that's just like how he lives. Um, and that means that when they're like desperately poor and they can't make rent, they move into a church church basement. And when he feels like he can't sell his art, he just prays and allows like the depth of his situation to get to him until he receives some inspiration and paints something and then is able to subsist for the next, you know, however many months. It's just like how he lives from like moment to moment, paycheck to paycheck, which is, so I have that kind of thought in my mind of like, if God is calling you to do something, you should pretty much just do it right away and like not wait. Um, we need to live more radically in poverty for the Lord, right? We don't have to have the, it would have made sense for him to live in Ottawa his whole life, right? And just sell art in the exhibits all the time, but he didn't want to get sucked into the culture, right? And he was very intentional about that. And I was just thinking about this and thinking about the speed at which culture wishes you to do things, you know? So this is, this is kind of, it's a lot of this backstory to get to this point of like, we as Catholics, and this is another thing. Scott Hahn's most recent podcast was kind of about this too. Um, His book or podcast? It's, it might be from It Is Right and Just, actually, about how we as Americans and American Catholics, we like co-opt the ideas of the American culture and like it's like Stockholm Syndrome. That was his comparison. Yes. Of, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That Wait, does he have a podcast? Yeah. Oh. Welcome to the Emmaus Road. I'm Scott Hahn. Um, that man's sorry. got a voice like Stupid. gravel and I love it. It's great for radio. It seriously is. My 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 radio professor. He used to work in. Uh, he used to work in in big time Pittsburgh radio, which used to be like Pittsburgh used to be a huge market for radio. Mm-hmm. And he said that there were there were interns who were told to start smoking because it makes your voice better for radio. <laughs> I could do that. Do you want to do that? Let's do that. Oh, you want to start? Let's start smoking. Let's start yeah. smoking. Guys, smoking is like super in right now. This podcast, everybody's, everybody's vaping. This podcast contains nicotine. Users beware. <laughs> Welcome to the Crunch, the only podcast with a Surgeon General's warning. <laughs> <laughs> a surge, um, a Surgeon General oh sounds like a guy that's just getting much, much bigger. <laughs> <laughs> this is a Surgeon General. He's a Surgeon Man, General. Ge- General, why are you getting so big? I'm just a Surgeon, Surgeon General. General, you know. <laughs> He's growing so much. Okay. All of these things all coming together and then I'm going to hand it over to you. Great. As American Catholics, it's like the responsible thing to get married at a time that makes sense and have kids at a time that makes sense and buy a house at a time that makes sense, right? Yeah. Because you have to save for the future and you have to build credit and you have to work at a job in a certain way and, you know, put, put it, pay your dues, you know, at your job and all those kinds of Uh things. Right. There's a lot of ideas. And I think this is like the, the idea that we have Stockholm syndrome, wherein we defend the American values, the American values around work and family as our own, because that's just like what the culture has taught us to do. And Oh, absolutely. Right. And that's like, I think that's something that we've been talking about for a long time that I never really I thought put... you said we weren't going to talk about post-liberalism. Today. I know. <laughs> well, this is my olive branch to you. But um but I was I was just wondering for things like family life, for things like um making a job and making money, for things like building a community, for things like being a part of a church. Um 
I bring up Michael O'Brien because he bucked society and culture in every single way for his entire life, right? Mm-hmm. Everything that would have made sense, he didn't do. Um, and he's impacted thousands and thousands and thousands of people from this podcast alone. Um, <laughs> dare I say millions. And so what's holding us back from living that way? Why, why are we... I don't know. It, and maybe I think that's like, there's no, like, oh, I couldn't do that because I have to move into the city because that's where the job is. Like, I'm not an artist, you know, I'm not going to move into nature and paint like Michael O'Brien. So like, it's not really yeah. comparable. So I'm just like, I have all these ideas, but I'm like, how does that really apply to like you and me and the, the people listening, you know? Well, what, what values do you think we adopt? Cause I have a few in mind. I want to hear you say yours before I say mine. Cause okay. I'm, I'm coming up with this topic as I'm speaking. I launched this plane and I'm putting it together in the air. <laughs> I love that. Uh, that's great. So I think we you're right. We definitely we definitely do adopt uh, American ideas as if they are ours. And here here's what that makes me think of how staunchly certain Catholics defend laissez faire economics and completely Voodoo free unregulated economics. markets and how Catholics will will go to bat for giant companies and be like, no, they're successful in the market and they are allowed to do whatever they want. Dynamic Catholic. <laughs> I can sell my watches. And I, I think that's one thing. Okay, that's so so economics, right? How, how staunchly Catholics will defend that, that style of economics, the bootstraps ideologies that it's like, this is how America was built. America was built on on people who went to the steel mill and got exploited by steel mills and we we gotta we gotta defend the work ethic of the guys gotta, that willingly got exploited we gotta by defend steel workers rights to get exploited by companies exactly exactly <laughs> we gotta you gotta pull yourself That's up by your bootstraps and go work way. for bob evans who doesn't care about you right <laughs> so you can get your farm fresh daily special that's the that's the crazy thing is like it for for real like when when i when i stood up to that customer Right. I was everyone in the restaurant was like, you're a hero. And I was like, I was just doing what any of you would have done if you were at a a Kroger and someone said, hey, hand me that potato. You'd be like, screw you. Get it yourself. (laughs) You know, it's like I'm I'm just I'm just like, how would how would you react to me as your friend? If I asked you to grab me a spoon from the kitchen, let's say it's your kitchen and you're serving me, right? right? I'd be and like, I say, hey, can you grab me a spoon? Yeah. And you're like, Let okay, sure. That. And you forget. And I was like, hey, get me my spoon. Oh. How would you react? I'd be like, dog, chill. I'm, I'm exactly. I'm getting it. I was also getting the the freaking potatoes and green beans for you out of the <laughs> fridge. All right. Yeah. That's how any of us would have reacted. Yeah. But for some reason, customer service, mm-hmm. right? the the and and all that customer service is is like you covering the butt of the big company so they don't lose a customer but your your part of your dignity goes out the door yeah right and that's just a i think the service industry is restaurants are just like the tip of the iceberg when it comes to service like mm-hmm. hospitals nurses deal with this uh-huh. uh you know people at hotels deal with this you know anything where you're serving someone mm-hmm. gas station and, and, attendants <laughs> um steel workers but yeah so so anyway it's pull yourself by up by your bootstraps usually means go work for one of these companies that are going to degrade your dignity a little bit yeah right go and give up and, go give up part of what makes you human and contribute yeah. to to quote unquote society 
yeah, and get and make money serving people pancakes, right? And then and that that's not that's not a Catholic value. No. Right? That's not a Catholic value at all. Another thing, another thing, so like when it comes to bootstraps economics or whatever you want to call it. Reaganomics. Um what what another 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 principle that we 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 hold very fast to is the American idea of family. Yes. Right? Which is yes. which is why which is why you see Catholics getting, you know, all like they're they get something up their butt when they see on BLM's web Black Lives Matter website, they're like, We wanna dismantle the nuclear family, right? And that's I, like crazy. I too would like to dismantle the nuclear family, but replace it <laughs> with a big, big family, a big, big family, right? <laughs> and it's like it's like they, we people see oh that them over there they want to dismantle the nuclear family, right? That's horrible. That's horrible. So we have to make sure that we uphold everything the nuclear family stands for, which you know, you know, included contraceptives. Oh yeah. There's no way in the 1950s to intentionally only have two kids without contraceptives. People people have sex more than two times. Let me just say yeah. that. Are you telling me Come people on, are you in the 50s me? only had sex twice? <laughs> okay. I don't think so. I don't think so. Uh, let's do the math here. Let's do the math. 2.5 times because there's one in the, there's one on the way. So, um anyway, but yeah, th- there's like there's there are these there are these ideal there's these ideologies and these I- these ideas that we staunchly defend because we have been we've been Catholics have been held captive by conservative Protestantism. Yes. We have been lumped into the same category because and I don't know what it is. I think I honestly think it's because of tradition. Because of how valuable tradition is to us, but it's a different kind of tradition than the tradition people speak about when they talk about how, uh, you know, we need to fly Confederate flags because of tradition. You know, mm. that's a different kind of tradition. That's mm. like a tradition that doesn't matter. You know, whereas our traditions matter because it's a way that we pass truth throughout the ages. And I guess I guess we get lumped in with like conservative Protestants because of those ideas, right? But. And therefore, we also get lumped into 1950s, I guess maybe 1960s, waspy mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Christianity, which isn't what Catholicism is. Yeah. But for some reason, we've been we're lumped in there by the left. The right identifies with us on in, in some sense, and so we're kind of just like, all right, cool, this is my box, I'm here. And oh, it's that Sean Hannity says to kill that liberal. I will, I will do it because this is my camp, and they defend me, so I will defend mm. them. You let's, know, like let's not drift too far into that world. Okay, let's let's keep it more like I'm a person, <laughs> and the conservative liberal thing is is helpful marginally. I'm thinking back to Michael O'Brien, right? This guy, cool. So one dude. These are great. Like I, I love what you're saying, right? This is building on that. Um, he was never really present in one place long enough at least up until this point in his life you know it's he's like 35 in the book right now mm-hmm. you know but he's focused primarily on evangelizing through art and through beauty okay and that's really good nowhere in this book and maybe it's leaving out every single time he goes to the old ballot box you know maybe it's leaving out all the times that he goes to his town council meetings but the places that he lived primarily were small enough that one person could have a, an effect on the greater community, right? He mm-hmm. he lived in a town. He joined a young adult apostolate group before he was married. There's a priest who was lived in the rural north, you know, mission missionary priest, basically. And um, that man yeah. was Jan Turnsky. Jan Turnsky. He, crazy how he's in every country. He's everywhere. Perpetually. He's like the wandering Jew. He's in, the Joe Pesci of evangelists. Oh. He's just in everything. <laughs> 
he was in this young adult apostolate with this priest. This priest was trying to recruit young adults to like live in these rural Canadian towns and work in like very similar to kind of a, a Christ in the city or a um, uh, simple house kind of where you work in the area and you're also a missionary to the people around you. Right. Uh, and so Michael O'Brien, I don't know him. It's weird to call him O'Brien. It's also <laughs> weird to just call him Michael, O'Brien. you know, uh, I'm not talking about Conan. So he's, he opens, he was supposed to run a pool hall and that didn't serve alcohol as an alternative to the bar in town because nice. everybody in the town would just go to the bar and just get drunk every day. Um, and so, Not nice. but the, but the pool hall, uh, it collapsed because of snow because that happens in Canada. So he rented out a shack, Why would anyone a tiny little shack that he turned into a part chapel, part bookstore where he sold Catholic books, Catholic clothes, rosaries, and all of these things. And it was like a place for people to come and hang out. And it was a different alternative to the bar that wasn't the pool hall, but it was something else, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so politics is good, right? But politics isn't going to do that. You know, politics isn't going to provide alternatives to uh, vice, right? Um, no matter like how, how virtuous you are in the political world, all you're doing is is changing policy, which may eventually change people's lives, but there's not really a direct effect on the community immediately right which is yeah and you can disagree with that and say like no if i go to the like if i we get roundabouts instead of stop signs everything will change it's like okay maybe but <laughs> that's can i'll i'll grant you that but everything will change there'll be more car accidents but i think this is one of the tragedies of of living in big places like i live in tulsa i, I can't really change the politics of tulsa you know yeah. uh, outside of any town that's like smaller than a thousand people i can't really change the politics until unless i go into politics full time you know yeah um, that's the thing and and so and yeah you can vote and you should vote great we, lo- we love that um love to see it but but as far as like what you're talking about of oh we if we want to break out of this stockholm syndrome with the republican party or the democratic party or american culture in general and we have to change the party from the inside like that you can't do that unless you commit your whole being to politics and then you have a much higher chance of getting eaten than you would if you'd stay out of it you know and even then probably not gonna work even then probably not but gonna I, work i think i think one of the issues is that we see everything including our day-to-day life through the if we the, what what you what okay this is not this is not universal if you try you are going if you try to change the national politics that's what you that's what you're trying to do you are going to see everything through the lens of national politics you are going to see the 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 teacher that gets laid off through the lens of the liberals are taking over right you're not going to see it through okay this person was obviously posting incendiary uh posts on facebook and they were letting that bleed into their work so we had to let them go and hire somebody else like right. that there's no there's no nuance right it's like you're on the blue team, and I'm on the red team, and I hate you. That's 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 what you're gonna see your life through. But and this is why this is why this is this is what the country is supposed to be in the first place. Mm-hmm. This is why this is why we have the electoral college is because it's supposed to be the states vote. Never mind. Um, every 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 four years, I swear. Yeah. Uh, you're supposed to be concerned primarily with your local community's interests. Yes. And. What that what that requires, though, in an incre- increasingly globalized world, is a radical commitment to not being 
well known for the work you do yeah on a global scale like it, it requires it requires almost a saintly whoa. dedication whoa to not giving a flying fart about what the new york times says about you or if they ever will mm-hmm. because you're just like i'm just trying to i'm just trying that's the thing is like you, you martin luther king says like you know you know if you're a bush on the side of a hill be the best bush if you're a tree be the best tree right but the problem is all these all these great men and women who became already are great they say be okay with not being great and it's hard to listen to that so take it from me yeah. a person who is not great <laughs> be okay with not being international or nationally great be okay with affecting the people around you mm-hmm. because that's the, like if everybody does that mm-hmm. it's never gonna happen but if everybody does that then everybody's got someone taking care of them right and that will only happen if we if we break out of of the machine of the culture that'll only happen if we sometimes the to the point of this is why i want to physically like move away from a large city Right. Yeah. Because I don't want my kids to have to make like the choices every single day that I do because I was raised like to that, like just having social media on my phone is fine. You know, when and that's like a little thing and a small example. And some people can have social media, whatever. We're not here to get into the weeds about that. But like for me, I can't have social media on my phone and be checking. I'm really hoping Facebook gets sued into oblivion before I have kids. Right. (laughs) I can't I can't have it on my phone. I can't have the news on my phone. I can't really. Yeah. check the news without getting without seeing the things through the lens that you were talking about without without seeing things in this like red team blue team good versus bad everything's evil everything that's happening is evil i get so sucked into it and then i i i forget my neighbor i forget the person i forget my roommate i forget my girlfriend because i'm yeah. so caught up in this stuff which is and i like i want my children one day to be able to to approach the world in in kind of a more pure way than than i have you know like i want them to not have the hang-ups that i do because of my own choices really like i've I've chosen i chose to get super deep into social media i chose to get super deep into youtube and video games like all this like i chose all of that you know um but i also chose to get out of it too and and so and i think it's the best thing and so like i don't want to give my children the choice you know and like that's why i want to have a community of people where it's like we're all committed to like loving each other locally. We're all committing to raising our children locally and like not being a part of this global thing because by all accounts, the global thing is not really helping at all. Um, Mm -hmm. And by all accounts, seeking for fame and seeking for to be known is not great. I want to go to my job, do a great job at my job, love the people that I work with. It doesn't matter what I do. It really doesn't. And then come back and have something that I like care about existing. My family, my children, my community, the church, the parish, all of that stuff, right? Like that's, and that's just so like, if you say that to people and like, oh, good luck, you know, like they say it as if that's some kind of ideal, as if that's not what society was for 10,000 years. Yeah. For most of time. Like I, I said something the other day to, to Phoebe, I was like, wow, if I, if I did this writing thing, I, if I, if I like actually do this, I could do this full time. You're doing it, baby. Yeah, I was like, I was like, I could do this full time, and then I could let's co-write a book. But, oh, let's do it, <laughs> like Rhett and Link. Um, <laughs> I'll be Rhett. Uh, so Which it's ones? like, it's like, it's like I could I could do this full time, and then I could like volunteer at a parish, you know? Yeah. 
We could we could do we could do what we've always wanted to do. Move back to Melbourne, baby. <laughs> Melbourne is the best. But you've been there. It's the best. It was a little dirty when I was there. What are you talking about? <laughs> what part of it was dirty? I, How dare you? There was a woman. There was a statue of a bikini lady right next to your house. Oh, oh, her? That's nah, fine. Don't worry about <laughs> she's her. Been, she's <laughs> been there forever. <laughs> she's been there forever. That guy. I think that guy used to be friends with my dad. Anyway, uh, <laughs> Melbourne is the best place. You weren't there long enough. You don't get it. I was. Uh, I was busy helping my friend get married. Who? Oh, me. Phoebe. And uh, we we love Melbourne. I could I could live in Melbourne. I could like volunteer at my parish and be a youth minister at my parish. And that's the thing is like that that would be so great to be able to bring ministry to my parish, mm-hmm. and they don't have to pay anything. Yes. That would be great. That also you know, means, and I, and that like, also I means they can't train core team. They can't what? boss you around if they're not paying you. That's the other thing. That's another thing. That's and then and then I said I said to Phoebe I was like and she was like Phoebe said what would you do for health insurance I was like ah shoot you're right dang it how would I get health insurance victims how of the get... culture and that's the thing and I, and I was like I was like huh just, wow it really seems like just be healthy our culture is our culture is set up so you need to be employed huh like by someone right and she was like yeah obviously and i was like yeah but like that's not obvious that's not how it used to be right you used to be able to work for yourself and make a living yeah. and like go to the catholic run hospital down the road if you need like and there would be nice nuns who would take care of you, you yeah know, that's i mean straight up much medicine people but people hey. think that that's like a joke that is how medical medical care worked until the protestant reformation when yes. when germany and england and all of these countries seized church lands and gave them over to the rich people in their countries and then we no this longer is had why. i'm just i'm so mad this is why post liberalism is so important yeah. to me it's like waking up from a dream yeah yeah it's like realizing yeah. that there was this it's like finding out <laughs> that you used to that it's like when in movies when people find out that they're actually like royal and they like go in this new world and they're like wow everything's so easy now right mm-hmm. it's like it's like learning that you came from a town where everything was perfect and now yeah you live in I don't know like Steubenville's nice but Steubenville right, you know right. like now you live in Steubenville where it's like kind of kind of there's a lot of potholes that's mm-hmm. really the only problem with Steubenville. yeah, yeah that's fair I don't want I don't want to hate on Steubenville it gets too much crap but it, it really does the Walmart's great it really does the Walmart's great. That's that's the thing. Tell me, tell me, tell me the fact that, tell me the fact that Walmart is, the the main store at the Steubenville Mall is a Walmart. <laughs> tell me that's not the problem. Is the Walmart right? connected to the mall? Yeah. Like oh yeah. Like you can walk through the back of the Walmart and find like a Spencer's gifts. Oh no no no! It's they you go out the one door and uh, go into the next one. Yeah, they just bought out the mall. Gotcha. But um, there's a okay. Here, here's the thing. Tell me. There's a there's a store in downtown Steubenville on Fourth Street yeah. called Mike's Sweeper Shack. You know what they sell there? <laughs> vacuums. Vacuums. Yeah. Just vacuums. Great. Okay. I never knew it was called a sweeper. But Homeboy makes a living just selling vacuums. Yeah. Right. That's what he does. That's his craft. And he <laughs> loves vacuums, I guess. And he sells vacuums. And I'm like, first of all, congratulations um, for staying open. First of all, because I was just gonna go to Walmart and buy a vacuum, but I am buying a vacuum mm-hmm. from Mike's Sweeper Shack. Yes. Okay. Because I know that my vacuum, it has a lifetime warranty. I don't have to pay extra for it. He's like, yeah, come back. I'll fix it up for you if you need to. Yeah. I'm like, Mike, you Mike. absolute legend. Sweeper shack, Mike. That's, that's the thing. Is like that's business, also why. Businesses and I, commerce used to be about forming relationships with your customers. Yeah. And yes. now it's just about how much money can I charge you for that extra you know, it's like if you get fried onions on your burger, mm-hmm. that's another 50 cents. Mm-hmm. But if you don't want fried onions and you can just use them on regular onions, that's free. It's like how how can I how can I 
exactly transact this this relationship yeah. so that I get the most out of you and you don't realize that I'm pulling one over on you. And and the thing with the Catholic bookstore at the beginning of this, right? I I've kind of forgot that I could go to a local place and it might be more expensive or it might be more of a hassle, but I'm I'm supporting a guy who's like put staked his life on people buying things that lift their minds and souls to God. You know, in the long run, it's more expensive for you to buy from Amazon because you're supporting, you're not supporting that business. They're right. going to go out of business. Once all the bookstores go out of business, Amazon books are going to be like $80 more expensive. Exactly. And so it's like, we joke about it being a tithe, but it's like, no, I want to, I want a relationship with Jim, you know, the, mm-hmm. the guy who's owned this store for 19 years and has more, m- a wider book selection than, you know how most Catholic bookstores are like five Matthew Kelly books and a bunch of statues. You know, <laughs> yeah, he had he had everything right. He had all like stuff in sell a Matthew Kelly book. He, he's the Matthew Kelly books were like tucked away in a corner. It was kind of funny. That's um, funny. But yeah, I sorry. They're I interrupted free. you, but I'm sorry. Oh, so at Bob Evans, I used to people would ask for like sour cream and mm-hmm. like sour cream is an extra 65 cents. First of all, it was easier for me to just go, hey, can I get a bowl of sour cream? And they just give me they just give me sour cream as opposed to me ringing it up and then having the kitchen prep guy put it on the window. On so the- that takes way too much time. Yeah. Um, but also, I just wanted to give them sour cream because I don't care. Yeah. And one of the other servers said, well, if you ring it up, their check, their bill goes up and you get a higher tip. And I was like, oh. You get 10 more cents. But that's the thing is like... Th- They've incentivized waitstaff to be super stingy, which prohibits a relationship because you're now trying to figure out how much money you can get. That's why I shouldn't have gotten a job at Bob Evans. I should have got a job at a place that served alcohol. That's true. <laughs> you would, you'd be. I think we'd both be great bartenders. Let's open a bar. Here's the thing: we'd be so great at being at being bartenders. That's Let's absolutely. open a bar. I've been saying this in my head silently for four years. We could have, we could, we could, we could have like, it could be a bar that's in like a, a downtownish area and we can have like also the upstairs, we renovate it. We have two huge offices with nice furniture and bookshelves and a recording studio and that's where we do the podcast. Oh, and then there could be a guy who works when we're not there named Gunther and a couch that the same six people always sit on every single day. All facing the same direction. The same direction and they all for like, some reason. And every and every like year or so, they switch where they're sitting, and like a different guy has his arm around a different girl. And that one time, the funny guy dated the hot girl, and that was weird. But anyway, and then they got married. That's strange. Strange, strange things that happened. I love How I Met Your Mother. This is a great show. <laughs> um, I don't know if any of this makes sense. I feel like this is a different angle of like what we've already said. Of just like we need to open our eyes a little bit more and realize that like. There are there are ways on like the healthcare conversation, right? You can get healthcare from like there are Catholic companies that exist to to pay into a healthcare fund where like everybody's agreed to pay in and you you take what you need when you need it and it's it's you you don't have to be employed by anybody. Like you can just get it, you know? And it might be yeah. different and it might not cover as many like I don't there's lots of whatever, but like there's ways to get health insurance, you know? Like we there's ways to to provide for your family that are not I have to work this job and I have to commute this distance and I have to have this home. I mm. we have to break out of that or else like oh, and if I mean if you want things to keep going the way that they're going, keep keep doing what everybody else is doing. But if we want to wake people up a little bit and like change the culture and show them like hey, 
we're, we're, we're actually living a little bit differently than you because we've, we've put in the extra work to find the ways that we can because it's important to us because we're trying to reclaim something that the Protestants took from us in the 1500s. Like, that means something, you know? I don't know. Maybe, again, everyone's, everyone's going to listen and be like, Ethan, you're so idealistic. This doesn't make any sense. You're going to be trying to get in to my community in 15 years. Here's the thing. Everybody was going to want to move to Wichita, Kansas. The only reason we've been on this BS for the past 500 years is because a couple of really convincing British dudes were like, what if we took all the money from the churches? And then a really big boy who wanted some wives was like, yes, let me just say jolly this. good, sir. Uh, and then did like this is the official we, pod. The official position of this podcast is that Thomas Cromwell can. <laughs> If you don't know who that is, look him up. Read a book. Read a book. Uh, read read the history of the Protestant Reformation in England by Thomas Cobbett. Oh, also um, the the characters of the Protestant Reformation by Belloc. I've been reading that, and that's oh it's, hey, that's on my Christmas it's list. It's primarily about the the Reformation in England, and he makes the argument. I read that the if, Servile State recently. Changed my life. I honestly the reason why i'm starting opinion writing now and why i didn't do it before was because i think i finally come to a point where i have an ideological school i subscribe i I subscribe to ascribe to not subscribe but because like before my opinions were just i i feel like we shouldn't give all of our money to walmart but i'm not exactly sure why it's morally wrong Mm mm-hmm or like just bad like it has something to do with my catholicism but i'm not really sure what it is or how it fits uh-huh. but now i'm like oh it's definitely because subsidiarity and this is centralization and this is a problem i'm not sure why i don't like credit cards i feel like it has something to do with uh with my catholicism but i'm not exactly sure it's because we should be in solidarity with the poor and credit card companies uh make their products so that the poor become dependent on them and uh they make money off of the poor. Mm. So hmm. people always tell me back on the, on the credit card thing for like two seconds. People are like, "Oh, I always pay off my credit card." Yeah, yeah, and that's that's great. You pay off your credit card. That's totally fine. That's totally fine. I pay off your credit card. Um, there's no way that everyone uses credit cards like that. Otherwise, credit card companies wouldn't have giant skyscrapers. That's true. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like it, maybe we shouldn't use them because that perpetuates the problem. This is just this is just my my credit card if, companies if have a credit freak card, me out. Citibank. What do you think they're oh, buying gosh. with all your money? A whole city. Like that's that's they're <laughs> a whole city. That's crazy. Chase Bank. What are they gonna do? Chase you down when you don't pay your bill. Don't pay your money. What's another one? What's anyway. another one? Capital One. How do you capitalize a letter? They figured it out with all the money that they took from people. Capital One. Their the capital is their one goal. They don't want to help you go to heaven. They don't want to help you make money. They just want your capital. There's one All more. Right, what's, anyway. what's want the, to go to Doctor Ethan's dating corner? What's the other one that we're missing? Mastercard. That one's kind that of just, one's easy. that one's just in there, like slave master. Slave master. Yeah, Yikes. that's a Dave Ramsey one. You can't take that one. Oh, is it really? Yeah. Oh, dang it! I didn't even do that on purpose. All right, Doctor Ethan's dating corner. Uh, I know it hurts. I'm sorry. Go on. All right, you came to the right place, you ding dong. It's called communication, baby. (laughs) 
So first from Dr. Ethan's Dating Corner, we got an update from the high school senior guy who wanted to date that girl, but the girl was turning a religious life and he didn't know. Tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me. What did he say? Today I went on my first date with her. Ooh. Yay. Not even joking when I say your advice worked like an absolute charm. Thank you both so much. This is cause for Nurse Patrick to be promoted to doctor. No, I agree. Don't I don't agree. Just calm down a little bit. No, I think it's I think it's a really big win for the nursing profession to finally have a male nurse. Right. I think it's just it's been a long time and, coming. And, and if you became a doctor, you'd just be subscribing to the patriarchy. So just exactly. So, just, so first just of all, stay, listener, please, <laughs> please, please, please stay in your life. This one's a long one. Okay, okay. I did not read I'm it. Taking notes, but someone someone sent us shout out to she calls herself Miriam. Shout out to Miriam for sending literally a six hundred word Instagram DM. Oh boy, please um. don't read the whole thing or read it very fast. <laughs> I, will, okay. I will. Hi. Hello. I have a question for Dr. Ethan's Zadie Corner. I really like this trend of biblical names in the stories. It makes me feel mysterious. Anyway, I'll go with the name Miriam. I'm a junior in college. I've been on a dating fast since August, and I will end it on January 1st. The reason I started this was because I prayed and had the conviction that God would help heal my heart on what I fear in intimate relationships. I've had this fear since literally middle school about intimate relationships, I guess. I've been given tremendous fruit in prayer and relationships through this dating fast. I know God is healing me, but... Dun, dun, dun. Then there came a man whom we will call Zedekiah. Come on. Come on. I became friends with him in early November. He is roommates with three of my close guy friends from church, and he's Catholic. He had been in a long-term relationship, a long-distance relationship with a girl, Naomi, for two years. Naomi told him one day that he was not leading her towards Christ, and he had no faith life and broke up with him. So when I was over at their house, he looked distressed, and I asked, what's wrong? And he poured out everything. Two days later, we met up again, and I gave him advice for three hours. I know what you're thinking, Dr. Ethan. It wasn't prudent for me to do that because of my dating fast. But I care too much. Anyway, Mm. he went home filled with joy and glee because his roommate called me after and asked, or so he, he he was so full of joy that his roommate called her afterwards and asked if she drugged him. <laughs> anyway, I thanked the Holy Spirit for this. So the next month we grew closer, and I saw that this was his or oh this was his conversion story. So like he prayed um, after that conversation, he like was praying three times a day and mm. like a ton of went to mass all the time. I saw a Christian man develop dramatically in front of mm. me, which is beautiful to see what God's grace can do. I could see Jesus in him. However. People started to comment things about us, and that's when I started. That's when it started with confusion. I knew his intentions, and he knew mine. But people's words got confusing. I did realize I needed to put up boundaries, and I did. But he wanted to talk to me about our intentions and build boundaries for the break, the winter break. I could tell there were feelings that started to develop between us, but I didn't want to. I didn't want to see them. I didn't want to ruin our friendship. I can send you a blog. Uh, The talk went well, but we didn't really talk about boundaries before the break and the winter break. And this led him to send him, send her a huge text saying he was leaving early to go home because he needed independence. I was totally fine that he needed to be alone, but I hated how it was over text and there was no warning. I told him we should not talk during the break. My question is my dating fast ends during this break. When I come back, I will have to set boundaries not for me and for my dating fast anymore, but for him. And I don't know what those boundaries should look like or if we can even be friends. I need help, Dr. Ethan. He is he is in no way, he's in no place to be in another relationship. I know that. How can I be the best loving and pure friend for him? What does that look like? Sincerely, Miriam. All right, let's call him Zeke just because I don't want to say Zeke. Zedekiah. And also it would be really yeah, funny like if Naomi is the girl's actual name. <laughs> it's like <laughs> Zedekiah and Naomi. Um so, oh man, I know, right? It's a tough one. Oh boy, that was that was. Lo- I had a lot of thoughts like in the middle, and then it just kept going. 
Um, yes, yes, you are imprudent. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I had something really funny, Patrick, and I just like, I can't remember it. (laughs) (laughs) I think the fact that a conversation you had with him was his conversion story is nice. I think that's good. I think you definitely need to like pass him off before you can even consider I don't think you're considering dating him but I think before you guys can even be friends again I think you need to develop space and pass him off to like you know an Aeneas an Ananias mm, or something mm-hmm. Aeneas is the guy Can you Aeneas. can you send me um, in the chat the uh, the text like of that conversation just so I can yeah, kind of sure. reference I'll it as I read through it Here's what I think I think it's always it's always so dangerous when you are, when your relationship with a person is running along the same timeline as their uh, conversion to Christ. Oh, so that bad. is that yeah. is that is dangerous. That's um, the thing, because like he'll if if you guys are even supposed to be friends again, not even just a relationship. I think that his dependence on you. If you if you really gave him the 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 spirit filled words that he needed to turn his life over mm-hmm. to Christ, and you guys continue in your friendship, he's going to become dependent on you in a way that he should not be dependent on a woman that is not you know his girlfriend. Let me just you know let me speak into this with some clairvoyance, okay? Uh, that's not anyway. Clear. It's just been clarity. Nope, clairvoyance means you can see into the future. Let me let me use let me use clairvoyance, which has a one hour cooldown, and it takes three hundred mana to cast uh, to, to determine <laughs> the, the future of the situation. What you need to do is join my guild in World of Warcraft. Anyway, um, this is what I this is what I believe. As always, it's 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 all about communication. And if this man, when you get back from the when you get back from the break, okay. And if he doesn't ask you out, you got nothing to worry about, right? Like this is, mm-hmm. as far as I'm concerned, this is the true. This is the thing for everybody. Everybody's listening. Unless a guy asks you out, you are under no obligation to worry about what your feelings are towards him or what his feelings are towards you, right? I mean, you can you can like Easy. him. You're allowed to like him. You're allowed to tell his friends like, hey, he needs to ask me out. You're allowed to say, hey, like. I feel like you're 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 doing things that are leading towards us dating, but you haven't asked me out, and that like needs to stop. You know, like you're allowed to do those things, but you're not responsible for his choices yet. You're not responsible for his lack or uh, or excess of pursuing you. So I would say, pray. Remember that you can be happy without him. Uh, pray for clarity on his part. But at the end of the day, like. I mean, maybe it sounds rude to say don't worry about it, but, like, you can't be the person he needs right now. You just can't. I wish yeah. more men and women understood this about each other. It's like when you're when you're under the age of 90, okay, uh, and you're a man and you're a woman and you're undergoing a conversion to Christ, you can't be the, the person that's there for somebody, right? Yeah. Who's, you it's can't be the shoulder to cry on because here's what here's what will happen, right? You'll be in the chapel 
and and he'll be you know going through oh he's crying about all of his sin and you're like wow he's grown so much I, I admire this man so much for everything he's done and all he's thinking about is man she's really probably thinking about how cool I am right now for <laughs> for crying in the chapel <laughs> like maybe not but also probably it's probably or, or at least he's in the back, in the back of, of his mind, mind always gonna be worried. in the back of his mind he's he's thinking about like oh we're sharing an intimate moment together right and then yeah. and then you kind of your legs kind of touch you know and it's danger zone. it's danger, danger zone. zone right and then like maybe an arm goes around and then all of a sudden boom you're kissing in the parking lot after after you you went to the chapel and nobody's asked anybody out but you have this, this deep you're kissing you're kissing in the parking lot after youth group game it's, over it's, man it's, it's happened to all of us right let's all let's all be honest <laughs> no it hasn't ethan it does not it did not happen to either of us okay it's uh it might have happened to some of us let's let's uh, let's not talk about it. um i'm talking about patrick not myself keep this after the podcast um but you just don't want to put yourself in a in a highly charged emotional situation with a person who's vulnerable because yeah. one person's going to latch onto the other person and even if you end up not liking this person and he likes you or what vice versa it's just not going to be good so keep your lips to yourself number 1 number 2 like probably don't text him just pray for him if if you feel like and then be nice and it's like when you see him cuz you're hanging out with your mutual friends whatever be nice to him care about him all these things ask how he's doing but unless he's like asking you on dates you don't need to be hanging out with them one-on-one, you know, let's just like, yeah, it's just, uh, I think that's just a fact. If there's, if there's this much kind of back and forth about it. I think, I think something else to keep in mind is, okay, what about the other scenario, right? Let's say he does ask you out and you're like, I do want to date him. But, but you still feel like he's I, not ready, you know? But you still feel like he's not ready. I think, I think it's important to understand that, conversion so close to a new relationship with someone who's very dedicated to christ can uh, can now every we who who can search man's heart right like who actually knows their motivations for doing things but it's so it's like, pretty but, easy to guess a 20 year old man's motivations for doing things yeah <laughs> and so you don't want his motivation for doing things to be at all tied to you you want his motivations for going closer to christ to be tied to to Christ. He's not know? doing this on purpose. He doesn't have bad motivations on purpose. This is just how this yeah. is just how boys are. He just has monkey brain. He just has monkey brain. Like the nobody's taught him virtue yet. You know? Even after he starts learning virtue, it'll probably take yeah. him a couple years to really figure out what the heck he's doing. And so read forming intentional disciples, understand the signs of a disciple, yeah. <laughs> and recognize also right one of the one of the most important things I read in that book was how easy it is to confuse fervor in prayer and like excitement about the faith for discipleship uh-huh. it just isn't it happens at any of the five stages from disaffiliation to discipleship that we're like oh they're it they got it okay cool and then we move on to the next person we forget about them and then they're like they have doubts they have no one to turn to right again i think the number one thing that you need to do is you need to if if his roommate is a catholic and you, you it seems like you obviously have you know a relationship with his roommate like you know his roommate pass him off be like hey can you can you like stand by him and like talk to him and like make sure that he's not make sure but like be there for him if he needs to talk about the faith because i mean just in general we're all in this together right like we're trying to get each other to heaven so do what you can but do it from a distance until he try until he decides to bridge that i I don't i don't think i don't there's also a weird power dynamic if you're evangelizing someone you're dating it's kind of yeah yeah. i just have some some patience if if it's meant to be not meant to be, but like, if it's good, it'll happen, you know? Yeah. And if it's not good, then it'll become pretty clear if both of you are praying and like not being weird 
Um, Don't so be you, weird. Can you just be right? cool for just a second? That's what I want. <laughs> Everybody who writes in a Doctor Ethan's dating corner, just be cool. Just just chill. Just be chill cool. out for a second. Just be cool. Chill out. Do you want the next one? No, no. We've been recording for three hours. This is going to be... Does time this, move slower? In this Canada? is going to be... I'm in Oklahoma. This is going to be an hour and 20 minute podcast. I think we, <laughs> we save uh, save the next one for next week. Yeah, but everyone listens to us at double the speed. So this is only a 45 If you minute. listen to this podcast at double speed, I apologize. <laughs> we talk so fast. Kyle Helmick said that he listens to us at three times the speed with the pauses skipped. He has an app that skips the pauses. Uh-huh. I just think that's impressive. That's too much for me. It's too much. All right. That's too much tuna. Oh, I got to go pray, dog. I haven't, I haven't done right. my holy hour yet today. I got to go get get to that church. Get it. I got to go, dr- gotta go, gotta gotta go, go dr- church. drink. Drank that Holy Spirit from, metaphorically. Drink from the water fountain in the lobby. <laughs> okay. Well, cool. Join our Facebook group, facebook.com slash crunchcast. Go if you're if you're still looking for what you want for christmas we got the crunch required reading list i expect you guys to all be finished by the new year with all of those books hey so patrick get get chopping you know what i want for christmas if you say you i'm gonna delete every episode i want 57 more members in the crunch podcast facebook group i know that for 57 i know more for a fact that there's more than 200 people that listen to this show for a fact yeah hold on hold on, hold on. can we just talk about all the people that listen to this show that aren't in the facebook let's group? talk about the number discrepancy it's there this Get the in the group. The You're going to want I'm, it. You know what? I've never said this before. I've never said this before. I'm not angry. <laughs> I'm disappointed. I am disappointed. The turnout, okay? Change the culture. The turnout in the Facebook group is smaller than Trump's presidential inauguration. Oh, pretty okay? good, Pat. Pretty good humor. Thanks. Thanks. Biting. Biting. Biden? Oh. Surging. Surgeon. Surgeon. <laughs> <Surgeon>. General. <laughs> Uh, all right, all right, all right. Patrick, do you have anything else for the people? I'm just, I, I don't have anything. All my creative juices have run dry. My cupeth runneth empty. You can find me at Father Harrison on Twitter. Please, please tune in to a newspaper near you to hear all of my correct opinions. There you go. Week by week. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be great. I'm, I'm, I'm going to become a super famous... Contradicting opinion person. (laughs) Thank you all for listening. Please pray for us. We'll be praying for you. We'll see you all next week.